Hi, my name is Edmond Lochu. These are the cases for second semester UG Law, um, starting from inquit offenses. We start with conspiracy, section 23.1. Blay. The appellant represented to com- at the complainant that he would invoke a spirit which would multiply the sum of 4,800 at the Teshi Beach. The appellant spoke and a voice replied to the hearing of the accused. Complainant was given a pillowcase which was to open it was to open after three days. Lo and behold, it contained cut newspapers instead of currency notes. Appellant was convicted for conspiracy and defrauding by false pretenses. The count of conspiracy could not be sustained because conspiracy is between two people. But the apparent the the apparent activity was that the appellant spoke with a spirit, a disembodied voice, and so he couldn't have been said to have conspired with that spirit. So conspiracy being between two people could not hold against the appellant. Let's go to Bosman. Based on Adverse findings by Olenu Commission of Enquiry into the issuance of import licenses. The first and second accused were charged with conspiring with the Minister of Trade to extort money. Since the Minister of Trade was exonerated and the first accused was not involved in the act based on the evidence, if the first accused is acquitted, the second accused must also be acquitted, although the second accused was involved. Therefore, if one is acquitted, the other must also be acquitted. It is an elementary proposition of law that on a charge of conspiracy, if all the accused are acquitted except one, that one must be acquitted also, unless it is charged and proved that he conspired with some other person not named in the charge. So, if two people conspire, if one is acquitted, the other must also be acquitted. Let's go to COP and Afari. The first applant, MP for Sunyani East, and the second applant, applant was his personal secretary. Both were charged with conspiracy to defraud by false pretenses after taking money from a complainant to, in the guise of searching for a job for him as a marketing officer under the Food and Nutrition Board, a sum of 250 Great Britain pounds. They contended that there was no evidence of agreement between them and therefore there was no evidence of conspiracy. A previous agreement is proved by the evidence of subsequent acts done in concert. In the opinion of the court, the Ghana law of conspiracy is wider in scope and in content than the English law on the subject. It consists not only in the criminal agreement between the two minds, but also in the acting together and furtherance of a common criminal objective. That means that if there is very little evidence as to agreement, it will be proved from your conduct. As Amechi, at a meeting in the first appellant's house, where the deceased was present, some members of the fishing group in Keji, to which they belong, resolved to offer the deceased for the yearly sacrifice. According to the first appellant's wife, the deceased's throat was cut and stomach dissected by the other appellants in the, in the first appellant's house where he sat and watched. Who is Azamechi? Azamechi is the first appellant. Now, the person who was killed was called Zomelu. Azamechi then contended that there was no evidence that he conspired to commit murder. 
The court said the appellant was guilty of conspiracy since his presence in the bathroom could not be accidental but was in furtherance of a common purpose. It is not always easy to prove agreement by positive evidence, but this can be inferred from the conduct and statements made by the accused. Akilu There was an attempt made by appellant and his friends to snatch a taxi cab in which they were from a driver. In the process, they could not take the taxi, but they took 40 Ghana cities. A military officer assisted the driver to get the car back from the people. And the others, but he arrested one person, whilst the others, including Akilu, managed to escape. They were charged with conspiracy to charge uh, to rob and robbery, contrary to sections 23.1 and 149 of Act 29 and Act 60. The appellant denied strongly that he had knowledge of any plan by his friends to rob the principal witness one of his car. The victim himself corroborated the testimony of the appellant that when the others struggled with him over his ignition key, the appellant did nothing. On why he had to run away, the appellant said he was afraid, that's why he ran away. He said further that on the following day in the morning, he confronted one of his friends as to why they did not tell him of their plan to rob the principal witness. He was not liable since the prosecution failed to prove an agreement and common purpose. There must be further proof that being in the taxi cab with the others, the, the, the others was for a common purpose. And so if there was no agreement, then it, there may be, it may be difficult to prove that the person conspired. Let's go to archery. Archery. The accused persons were charged with conspiracy to commit treason, having been linked with a plot to overthrow Nkrumah. Kwame Nkrumah. The first and second accused contended that they were all they were involved, they, although they were involved in the meetings, the initial and, and there was an initial agreement with the likes of Obeche Bilamte in Lome. They decided against following through with the plan. The third, fourth, and fifth accused argued that they neither joined and or, or participated in the execution, nor were they involved in the onset. The responsibility of the first and second accused as conspirators was complete the moment they agreed with the others in Lomi. So people met in Lomi to overthrow Nkrumah. Now, the third, fourth, and fifth, the first and second accused are saying that they planned not to carry out the, uh, the, the overthrow and they did not participate in it. But they agreed to it in Lomi. And they said that once you have agreed, there's no recounting, there's no countermand in conspiracy. So they were liable. Let's go to Tai alias Bajo. Now a group of boys who were in prison decided that when they were when they were released, they were going to rob the first appellant's grandmother. The third appellant killed her in the course of the execution when she recognized him and mentioned his name. So when they got near the house, some of them said they were not going to enter the house, including the first appellant. But the third appellant said they had come too far and that they should go. So he entered and the grandmother recognized him and shouted his name and he killed her. Now, the position is that where two or more people embark upon a joint criminal exercise each of the participants will be answerable for the acts done in pursuance of the joint exercise including such acts are, as are incidental to and necessary for the achievement of the joint enterprise and which acts were in the contemplation or ought to be in the contemplation of the parties at the time the exercise was embarked on 
where one of the criminal participants goes beyond what was agreed upon or was contemplated of the parties and the course of action is quite different from what the parties agreed out upon the one doing that going beyond the contemplation will be liable for his action but the other one will just be liable for the action that he contemplated right now section 23 2 says that a person within the jurisdiction of the court can be convicted of conspiracy by agreeing with another person who is beyond the jurisdiction for the commission of abetment of a criminal offense to be committed by them or either of them or by any other person either within or beyond the jurisdiction and we mentioned this in archery archery is the conspiracy to overthrow Nkrumah by some people in concert with Jacob H. Bilante. they were held liable because they agreed now section 24 2 says that a court having jurisdiction to try a person for a criminal offense shall have jurisdiction to try a person charged with conspiracy to commit or abet that criminal offense. Let's look at S. Parte of Osuama. A military tribunal charged a certain the applicant with conspiracy to subvert, right? And the applicant sought to squash the quash the decision and said that the the offense did not exist under NRCD 90, under which the tribunal, the tribunal was convened. Now, the, the position of the law is that since conspiracy exists in Act 29, if a substantive offense is, is occasioned in another provision, such as NRCD 90, he could be charged on the crime of conspiracy and the substantive offense right so let's go straight to attempt section 18 1 is attempt it says that a person who attempts to commit a criminal offense shall not be acquitted on the ground that the criminal offense could not be committed according to the intent a by reason of the imperfection or other conditions of the means b by reason of the circumstances under which they are used or C, by reason of any circumstances affecting the person against whom or the thing in respect of which the crime is intended to be committed. Or D, by reason of the absence of that person or thing. Now, let's look at Button. Button attempted to obtain prizes by false pretenses when he impersonated a man called Sims, a handicap, to run and win two races. So he went into competition, ran the race as a handicapped man. Now they 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 charged him with attempt to defraud. And he said that since he was he said that he contended that he was not liable since he did not apply for the prizes and that he acted in a lack. That means he acted for fun. But he said that since he was found out before applying for the prizes, he was guilty. It is also said that some other acts had to be done in order to make the offense complete and that he could not rightly be convicted because it was not shown that he had applied for the prizes and that the criminal intention was exhausted. The argument is exceedingly subtle but unsound. In fact, he was found, he was found out before he had the opportunity of applying for the prizes as no doubt he otherwise would have done so and so he was liable. Let's see the case of Shifpuri. Shipvuri, Shipvuri. Now the the appellant 
attempted to import illegal drugs, but it turned out to be harmless, a harmless sub substance. He was guilty of an attempt to import dangerous drugs under Section 18 to impossible attempt. Shifpuri. Even though, so the attempt is impossible. He, he wanted narcotics, but he got a harmless substance. Let's look at White. White is a very bad boy who wanted to kill his mother. He put in two grams of cyanide of potassium instead of five grams. He contended that he was not he was not liable for he was not guilty because attempted murder because the poison was insufficient to kill his mother. He perfectly knew the deadly character of this poison and supposed that a very small quantity would produce an instant effect. That's why he did it. Upon consideration of all the evidence, including the denial of the prisoner, he had he had put anything into the wine at, that he had put anything in the wine at all. They were of the opinion that there was sufficient evidence sufficient evidence to warrant the jury also in coming to the conclusion that the appellant put the cyanide in the glass with the intent to kill his mother. So intent was enough. Let's go to preparation. Section 19 is preparation. There's only one good case over here. Now, preparation is that a person who prepares or supplies or is in the possession, custody or control or in the possession, custody or control of any other person or on behalf of that person, any instrument, materials or means with the intent that the instrument, materials or means may be used by that person or by any other person in committing a criminal offense by which life is likely to be endangered or a forgery or a felony commits a criminal offense and is likely liable to punishment in manner as if that person had attempted to commit that criminal offense. So by mere preparation, holding something for somebody you are not the owner, but you are likely to be liable to for punishment as if you had attempted to commit that. So it's not that you had committed, but you had attempted. So preparation, you are punished as if you are attempted. Right. So that's Bonsu. The appellants were found in possession of narcotics they had received in a mail on behalf of another person. They were guilty of possession since they knew the contents, even though they were not the owners. So the mere fact that Bailey or servant receives in his physical in his physical custody possession a physical custody of possession a parcel in which a narcotic substance is hidden does not entitle him to be acquitted simply on the basis that he, ha he happens not to be the owner of the parcel if there's evidence that he knew or had reasons to know the contents of the parcel then he's equally as guilty as the owner now let's go to abetment very quickly Sape. Sape, abetment is this, section 22. A person who abets a criminal offense shall, if the criminal offense is actually committed in pursuance of or during the continuance of the abetment, be deemed to have committed that criminal offense. Section 22. Sape. Sape was a police constable and he allowed some stolen goods to pass by him without checking. Then he was charged with aiding and abetting the thieves. But the thing is that the goods had already been stolen before he seemingly or apparently aided and abetted. But abetting happens before the act, it's accessory before the act. And so he couldn't have been said to be to have abetted the crime. That's Sape. Now, section 21, it says that a person who 
directly or indirectly instigates, commands, counsels, procures, solicits, or in any manner purposely aids, facilitates, encourages, or promotes, whether by personal act or presence or otherwise. And every person who does any act for the purpose of aiding, facilitating, encouraging, or promoting the commission of a criminal offense by any other person, whether known or unknown, certain or uncertain, commits a criminal offense of abetting that criminal offense and of abetting the other person in respect of that criminal offense. You don't have to write this verbatim. You can say that all acts to support the act of supporting a crime is abetment. Now, abetment comes in different forms. It comes in the form of instigation, comes in the form of a procurement, comes in the form of aiding, comes in the form of encouragement. So, now let's take... Um, um instigate counsel counsel now Callum Callum is a very 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 foolish woman she procured the 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 services of Zajak Zajak was a criminal mind a criminal man who was a, a, a gun for hire and so she was in love with some lawyer and then a certain lady was having an affair with the lawyer so she procured Zajak or Zajak to go and murder that lady who was having an affair with her supposed lover. Then Zajak too went and he was caught. But he killed the woman. He said that he didn't intend to kill the woman but when she screamed then he hit her head with a hammer. Very foolish guy. Now the thing is this. It is true that unlike the offense of incitement at common law the actual offense must have been committed and committed by the person counseled to this extent there must be clearly be first contact between the parties and secondly a connection between the counseling and the murder equally the act done must we think be done within the scope of the authority or advice and not for example accidentally when the mind of the final murdered did not go with his actions for example if the principal offender happened to be involved in a football riot in the course of which he laid about him with a weapon of some sort and killed someone who unknown to him was the person whom he had been counseled to kill he would not in our view have been acting within the scope of his authority he would have been acting entirely outside it albeit what he had done was what he had been counseled to do but in this, this instant case, since the principal offense was committed within the scope of the authority given Zajak and not by accident, she was guilty. Now, let's go to BT and Gilbanks. BT and Gilbanks, the Salvation Army was marching along the street and then an opposing mob attacked them from the alternate route and caused a disturbance of peace. Now, they were convicted for unlawful, unlawful assembly because they, they they could not be convicted because for unlawful assembly because they themselves themselves did not cause any disturbance during the match. A finding of the justices amounts to this that a man may be convicted for doing a lawful act if he knows that his doing it may cause another to do an unlawful act. Now let's go to Inkosiana is of the principle that one is guilty of the offense of abetment if he reaches and seeks to influence the mind of another to the commission of a crime by suggestion, proposal, request, exhortation, gesture, argument, persuasion, inducement, golden or the arousal of cupidity. 
Tambia. The appellant was charged with abetting another man for whom he opened a bank account under a false name while using a forged check. He contended that since the check was not in existence when the account was opened, he was not liable. The court found that the existence was not material since he had the intention of engaging in fraud when he opened the, the account. Now, let's go to Bainbridge. Bainbridge was a man who purchased oxygen cutting equipment for some thieves to break into the bank. A bank. He contended that he didn't know the particulars, the date and the premises of the robbery, but he knew the action of for which the equipment was made. The court fully appreciates that it is not enough that it should be shown that a man knows that some illegal venture is intended. To take this case, it would, have, it would not be enough if he knew, he says he only suspected, which was lying, that equipment was going to be used to dispose of stolen property. That would not be enough. Equally, this court is quite dissatisfied. It's quite satisfied that it is unnecessary that knowledge of a particular crime which was in fact committed should be shown to his knowledge to have been intended and by a particular crime. The judge said he is using the words in the same way in which Simpson used them, namely on a particular date and particular premises. Now, let's go to Amwa. The appellant was a trained teacher, herbalist, spiritual consultant of the Kronte Hine of Asin Kushia. He was present when other two, two other herbalists, including Y, represented to the Kronte Hine that he had, been, he had offended the god of Pra River and that he should pay them 10000 after the ceremony, the, the chief himself invited Y to invoke the god while he was within the group, but he failed to do so. But he says that the mere presence of the appellant at the scene did not make him an accomplice, since there could be an innocent interpretation, a moral obligation, or a guilty one, a design to dupe him. Let me leave this one here. I'll continue in another slide because it's getting too big to send via WhatsApp.